0: space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting self Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Here we are, in the studio, and uh, very excited. Uh, I hope you believe this. We, I think we love this show more than just about anything. It's just... Uh, a real thrill to be able to talk to so many people and have them talk to us. Um, it's an exchange. It's live radio talk. I mean, what could be more exciting than live radio? I mean, what you say is what everybody hears, and what you hear, uh, you're responsible for, and uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta be kind of uh, accurate, because uh, if we're not accurate, well, then we hear from you. <laughs> But even when we're not accurate and we hear from you, we like it. And in order to hear from you, you got to call us, and we'll be giving you this number out a whole lot, 877-960-9960, 877-960-9960. People don't like me looking up to the right, so they finally got right in front of me. I got the number. You would think after 15 years you'd know the number? I don't know. If you don't try to memorize something, it just doesn't happen. I, I
1: wake up at night saying
0: that number. I know you do. You wake me up <laughs> when you wake up. And uh, the text number is 772-497-6530. That text number is 772-497-6530. By the way, all you folks out there, we've been thinking of a easy-to-remember text number that we could use. Is there a company or a source or a way we could come up with something that would be, oh, I think we, I think we do have a way, and we 'll check in the control room and see what that way may be and uh, but anyway, for the meantime we 'll say text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero and call us at eight seven seven nine six oh ninety nine sixty You are the lifeblood of the show i 'm not just saying that to flatter you because we have some really cool callers out there. We have some regulars, we love the new callers, and speaking of new callers. I can't wait to let Nancy tell you about what we have for all new female callers. Nancy, what is that?
1: Well, as usual.
0: Are you cutting out paper dolls over there?
1: Oh. (laughs) You're so cute. Thank you. (laughs) What a first class act. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. And as Earl said, I do have something special for the ladies because you are an important part of the show, and we want to hear your voice. We want to hear from you whether you bought a car, leased a car, you had service, whatever it is, or if you just want to call in well, say hello, please. I offer you fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers, so there's an incentive eight seven seven nine six o ninety nine sixty now back to the humorous recovering car dealer you.
0: and remember we're also on facebook if you can't catch us with the uh, if you're not local in the martin county palm beach county maybe broward county area uh you can stream us on facebook at just facebook.com forward slash earl on cars same thing with youtube uh youtube youtube.com forward slash earl on cars and uh, you can even stream us at uh, streamer on cars.com I mean, we're available worldwide. We have callers from all over. We really do, and we've got some text coming in. I see my son's Stu frantically uh, making marks on his little piece of paper, which usually indicates we have some text.
2: That's right. They're actually they're waiting for us when we got here this morning. Wonderful. Uh, so we'll start with the first one that came in on our text line. Uh, it says, "Love your um, mystery shopping report each week." Unfortunately, Carmax failed the test. Uh, More specifically, the salesman. And we definitely agree with that. Uh, Next one came in. This is a a great question, a great way to start the show. Um, Hi, my name is Cody, and I'm buying a car for the first time. I'm on a limited budget. I'm looking at a Nissan Versa 2012. It's an S hatchback model with a little over 37,915 miles on it. The price is 7,988, and that's way above the Blue Book value. And the dealer told us he can take only take four hundred dollars off and I wanna know how low we can go with the price because Kelly Blue Book for fair market value uh is from is five thousand six hundred dollars up to seventy three hundred. Um, and we'd like to bring it to our mechanic to get the vehicle checked out and I just want to make sure I'm getting the best deal.
0: Well Cody, I tell you what, you've already got a head start on ninety percent of the car buying public, as young as you are and the fact that it is your first car. Congratulations, already doing a lot of homework. Uh, all I can tell you is to continue to do what you're doing. Uh, one great source is um, is Autotrader.com, and uh, they have a they have a list of Tina. We see you holding. Hang on. Let me finish with my uh, answer to this texture here, Cody. Uh, I think you go to Autotrader. And you can locate that Nissan Versa 2012 uh, described as you want at every dealer that has one in their inventory. So it could be. Uh, you go out by the radius. It could be uh zip code. You can go out a mile, five miles, a 100 miles, a 1,000 miles find every Nissan Versa that suits your description you'll see asking prices and then when you see the asking price you can even sort by lowest price to highest price. When you do that you have to be sure that the dealer is not going to bump the price with hidden fees like uh, add-ons, dealer installed accessories and dealer fees that are called all sorts of different things. So what you want to do is verify the -the out-the-door price And Nancy Stewart, my co-host here, came up with a great uh, source. It's a carbuyingaffidavit.com, a tool for an honest car buyer. And you can go to uh, www.outthedoorprice.com, www.outthedoorprice.com, download that. When you finally buy the car, you can get them to sign that affidavit that it is an out-the-door price, and you'll be assured. But, Cody, congratulations. Be sure to check uh, Carfax. When you buy the car, be sure to check safercar.gov to be sure there's those outstanding recalls because a 2012 could be uh, ripe for a problem with, say, a Takata airbag, a Carfax, and then take the car before you buy it to an independent mechanic. If you do all those things, you got yourself a good deal. Okay.
1: Okay. And uh, you'll save yourself a load of money by going to www.outthedoorpriceaffidavit.com. <clears throat> so uh, don't forget to don- download that. Uh, we're going to go to Tina, who's a regular caller from Bonita Springs. Good morning, Tina.
3: Good morning. How are you guys doing? Great.
1: Hey, Tina.
3: Hi. Uh, what was it I wanted to talk about first? I, oh, yes. I'm going to talk about my recall experience. We've talked before about how if you're the second owner of a vehicle, you might not necessarily get a recall notice in the mail. But in my case, that wasn't true.
4: Hmm.
3: We were talking just recently, I think it was last week or the week before, about, you know, go on to safercar.gov, put your VIN number in there and see if there's an open recall. So I did. And the mailbox actually beat me to it because I checked the mail, I think it was... The week before that, mm-hmm. and I had gotten a set, uh, recall notice from Toyota for the side curtain airbag. So Jermaine Toyota is going to be taking care of that for me.
0: Wow, and that was you're, you're the second owner, Tina.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. I one. bought the car when it had sixteen thousand miles on it, and I, I was just really floored because that doesn't yeah. usually happen.
0: Congratulations uh, I to I Toyota. Give, uh, yeah, uh,
3: I got I got to give props to Jermaine, Props to Jermaine Toyota because they 've been very good to my brother and sister mother Toyota family, and they 've been good to me as well so they're they're very well rated around this area
0: encouraging a lot of the manufacturers aren't doing that, and uh, maybe uh, maybe they 've all jumped on the bandwagon for a long while. Stu actually had a Toyota that uh, had a recall didn't you, and you didn't have the notice or uh, cor-
2: well, correct yeah I had a no I got a um I got a recall notice on a car that I hadn't owned in about six years. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. so I had a a 2014 Prius, I think, and uh, and it had been a few years.
0: So Toyota's got their act together, and congratulations. And that's great information, Tina. I'm glad you told us about that.
3: Yeah, because that doesn't usually happen, but I really think that the best thing people can do is go on to either car complaints dot com or safercar.gov yes. put your VIN number in there and you'll find out immediately because you might not be fortunate enough to get a notice.
4: Exactly. And
3: on, another, and on another subject when I bought my Yaris and financed it, at the time my credit wasn't really all that great and I was able to get financing from the, I was able to get financing, but the percentage point they offered me was a little bit high and I thought, mm-hmm. hmm, I wonder if I could do any shopping around because Sometimes you feel like when you buy a car, you're pressured into having the dealer arrange finance for you. And Mm -hmm. they're not going to give you the best rate, of course. So about a month later, before my first payment, I called my bank. And I ended up getting a finance rate that was 2% different than the one that the dealer gave me. Congratulations. Almost before my second car payment, I was able to refinance my car. So if you're at the car dealer, you really want a vehicle, and they kind of pressure you into using their financing, Mm -hmm. go visit your bank before your first payment, and you may be able to turn that whole situation around for yourself.
4: You're absolutely right.
3: it's never too too early to refinance.
0: Well, thank you, Tina. That's where the dealers make all the money, is in finance. They call it finance reserve. It's in the F&I office. They make more money uh, financing and selling you after-sale products uh, than they do in selling the car. That's... uh, AutoNation the biggest source of revenue. They've actually, AutoNation, the biggest retailer of cars in the country, has actually uh, reduced their prices, and they're losing money. Uh, they're trying to, uh, trying to uh, actually, I'm I misspoke. They raised their prices. They raised their prices because they were losing money in the new car departments, and they're having to make a profit by going to the uh, finance department. So uh, always check with your credit union and your bank, as you did, and congratulations on being an educated consumer.
1: Thanks. I appreciate hearing that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Tina, we are always glad to hear from you. <clears throat> thank you for opening up the show, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay. Thank you. And, ladies, I can't
3: do this by myself. Please call in. Thanks, oh, Tina. Thank
1: you, Tina. Appreciate that one. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I'll repeat what I said earlier, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now back to the recovering car dealer.
0: You YouTubers uh, start sending us some posts because they got Rick over here with a blank slate. He's taken all of our YouTube posts. So, YouTube, uh, YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Give us a post and a question or a comment, whatever. And uh, Stu's way ahead of uh, Rick over here with uh, Mark's on his pad. So, what do we got?
2: Uh, well, Tina has a question. Uh, Tina says... Um, What is your opinion of off-lease only versus purchasing pre-owned from a dealer? Both have dealer fees, but off-lease's fee is less.
0: Well, off-lease only is a major factor in the used car market, and you can't ignore them. Uh, What off-lease only does is sell cars for less money than the average used car dealer sells cars. And the way they do that is they buy cars at auction, and they buy virtually every car that comes across the auction block, including a whole lot of cars with damage. Most car dealers will not buy cars with frame damage and uh, serious damage to the car. Uh, I'm not saying it only buys cars that are unsafe. Uh, technically, legally, uh, they can sell these cars. When a car is damaged in an accident, uh, chances are today it can be repaired where it will be safe. The negative thing about buying a car that's been damaged in an accident is it depreciates the value of the car, the mere fact of the accident. So the, uh, two cars, used cars, let's say two, two 2016 cars, one has been in an accident, the other has not. Side by side on a used car lot, the one that's been in the accident would have a $2,000 less value. These cars are being sold by CarMax. I mean, uh, yes, CarMax. Off-lease. Off-lease. I'm <clears throat> getting all confused here dot uh, offleaseonly.com has a large selection of cars that have been had problems like uh, crashes, and they sell them for less money. So if you take the car to your independent mechanic, if you inspect it, have it inspected, if you get a Carfax report, you'll buy the car for less. So it's a good source of cheap cars. Rick?
5: Uh, one other factor is always have, especially from offlease, have a mechanic check that car over with a fine-tooth comb Because we've had customers come in with cars with issues, and it turns out it was from accident damage in the past.
2: Um, Unfortunately, I do not believe that they allow you to take the vehicles off the lot to get them checked out. Hmm. Oh, Yeah, I think they move the car when you're going to buy it.
0: Yeah, they give you a a five-day money back, but they charge you a restocking fee or something.
4: Yeah, I think it's like 5%.
2: Yeah there's I think there's definitely a restocking yeah. fee and yeah. there's and there's also
5: mileage uh, uh restrictions on it. Yeah. At we- at the very least you might try bringing someone with you to really look the car over. That's a good idea, yeah.
1: You know, know, speaking of inspections, let me get this text in for Lori uh, that she asked me this past week. Lori asked, I'm looking for a used car. Can I take it off the lot to have it inspected before buying? Uh, Lori, my hat is off to you. You are an educated consumer. And uh, I'll uh, I'll give you my input, and then I'll turn this over to uh, one of the guys here that may no more than I do. Uh, Most dealerships allow potential buyers to take a car off a lot and uh, have it inspected. Uh, These dealers want to sell a car, Uh, so uh, they want to cooperate with the customer. Uh, well, we should clear that up add, before the show's over, add to and we
0: will have somebody call uh, Carfax and find out if we can, I mean Carfax, okay. offleaseonly.com, to see if she'd be able to take the car off the lot and get inspected, because uh, I thought you, I thought they did.
2: I happen to know a lot of um, recent employees of Offlease Only, so oh, we'll, okay. find out yeah, we'll find before out before the show is over. We'll okay. find
1: out, yeah. Lori, stay tuned. We'll get to that uh, later on in the show, and uh, we have one of our favorite callers and uh, he is from palm city and uh welcome to the show john
6: good morning to everyone happy fourth of july hey, john. today i'd like to discuss tires um very important that the tire that you buy has to be the exact original specifications that came with your car it's in the owner's manual it may not be on the tires that are on there now but i'll give you i want to go into a 15-minute dissertation. But I'll give you an example, p two one five sixty five r 15 Basically, the P is a passenger tire, the others are all rim size, and the closing number is 15-inch rim. But after that number is a major, major three digits, I'll give you the example of this 89H. What the 89 means, that's the weight that the tire will handle, the weight on that particular part of the car, for instance, 75 to 100 are the numbers. 89 on that just means it's a higher maximum lower uh, load rating. And then the critical one after that number of the uh, 89 would be an H, okay? That's a spin number. They run from U all the way up to V, which is 149 miles per hour. The uh, S is the lowest one, 112. The H is a one thirty. Now, the reason that's so important is the spin speed is the life of the tire when it's rotating. Um, It doesn't mean it can't go over that, but that's safe at that speed. So people don't know this, but those last digits are very, very important. Again, the other thing that makes the tire worth more is the traction. They go from A to C, A being the best, C is the worst. Then it's the heat. Uh, ratio on it. Again, A is the best, C is the worst. Very important for Florida that you want an A rating because of the heat on the roads. Then, the most important thing which separates the men from the boys is the tread wear on it. Uh, the tread wear is listed 110 is the lowest, like it goes over 200. In other words, a 220 would be double the mileage that you'll get out of it from the 110. Um, other factors, which I won't go into, uh, they have a plan code on it. There's so many things, and you really have to um, look with a magnifying glass. If you get an old guy like Earl and I, you you don't see some of these items on there. But everything specifically is mentioned. DOT is the specifications. There's no bad new tire. Every tire, no matter where it's made, must in the United States, must meet the DOT specifications. John. So the important thing is that it must be the same size. Don't let the dealer, don't try to sell you something a substitute because they don't have you in stock. They can get that within two hours. Every day in Stewart here, I see tire wholesalers that deliver. that come from Palm Beach County. They can get you that tire certainly the next day.
0: John, can so I you interrupt stay you? With that.
6: Can and I you am- also must buy from an authorized tire dealer, John. not from a gypsy.
0: John, let me uh, let me interrupt you here just for a second. Uh, I agree substantially with what you said. However, the manufacturers, the OEM tire that comes on the car, is a custom design by that manufacturer. So when uh, Ford has a F-150, they have a it could be a Michelin tire, it could be a Firestone tire, but Michelin or Firestone builds those tires for Ford for the F-150, and those t- those those tires are provided only to Ford. Now the fact is the specifications that you're concerned about like treadwear index and other things you need to take into consideration when you buy a replacement tire. I always recommend to my customers that they buy a replacement tire with a higher tread wear index than the one that came on the vehicle from the manufacturer. Oftentimes the manufacturers will put a low tread wear index on because it's a softer rubber, it's a smoother ride. The harder rubber that gives you better mileage and also a greater longevity uh, is a little bit bumpier ride. So you cannot get an exact duplicate to that vehicle. yeah, and also, as uh, Rick just showed me, reminded me, uh, the Department of Transportation data manufacturer is very important because when you buy a tire, you want to, it's like buying fresh bread, fresh milk. You want to buy milk that was uh, uh, out of the cow six years ago. You want to buy the tire that was out of the manufacturer that same year. Six years is the recommended length of a tire that... You should replace after six years. The Department of Transportation recommends you replace the tire. But, John, thanks very much. That's substantially good information. you got to watch uh, uh, the More, all important those things. thing is where that you, you
6: mentioned it. the date, and thanks to this show in the past, a shady car dealer, a tire dealer, will hide that date on it and turn the tire inside out. Oh, yeah. So you can't read it unless you put it up on a lift That mm-hmm. the date that the tire was manufactured.
4: Good point. So that's
6: a very important point that you just brought up about the date code because you don't want in South Florida here, a tire that's sitting in a hot warehouse for three or four years. Yes. That's, that's a no, no. Exactly. So, but uh, we pointed out on this show in the past that the dealer that's hiding something will install that tire inside out that the date code will appear in the inside. And it's not obvious. Now the second the last thing that I want to say, if you don't read it on the side so easily, Demand, when the tire comes in, it has a sticker on it, just like a new car has an MSRP sticker on the window. Mm-hmm. This peels off easily, and this sticker that's on the tire can tell you basic things, mainly the size. So you can ask the dealer, please, can I have that, when you take it off on the bottom thread of the tire. A lot of people don't ask for that, and that has a lot of information alone on that manufacturer's sticker good that they take off.
0: Thanks, John. I didn't know that. Thanks very much for that tip. That's a good one. Appreciate the call, John. Well, As always, you're yes, extremely well. good day. Thank you. Take Thanks, care. Sir.
1: Stay tuned for that uh, mystery shopping report, John. Boy, is that a great call. I mean, yeah. John always has uh, great information for us. Rick had he-
0: a comment on that, John's call, before we get through with that subject.
5: I, I would actually ask to see the DOT date number before they put the tire on your car. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. uh, that's Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call, 877 960 9960. And you can also text us at 772. 772- 497-6530. And uh, there was an article here real quick that I want to mention to our audience uh, if they didn't know. It was from the Daily Business Review. And uh, Earl brought this to my attention last week. And that's uh, the lawyers. Here's some great news. Lawyers are uh, who were suing Takata and uh, targeting them, and uh, now they're after an, another airbag manufacturer. Yeah. And it's an interesting article if you want to pick up the Daily Business Review, and that's from Tuesday, July 22nd.
0: Well, you, the YouTubers finally uh, got on the bandwagon. www.youtube.com forward slash cars YouTube.com forward slash Cars. Love to hear from you on YouTube, and we've got one.
5: Well, it's actually more of just a, a comment from Karen. Okay. She says she's kind of bummed out. She found out that her 2016 Chevy Malibu, which has the stop-start driving feature to it, that feature cannot be turned off on her car. Oh, man. That's uh, kind of unfortunate because it's... Unfortunately, that was a uh, an experiment that they tried a lot of manufacturers. Basically, what it is, folks, is when you come to a stop sign or a traffic light and you stop your car, the engine engine shuts off. Mm -hmm. And then when you step on the gas, it automatically restarts and starts going again. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it just doesn't work really very well. It doesn't really save as much fuel as they hoped it would. And the biggest drawback is that the starter motor on the engine and the battery for it both have a manufacturer specified lifespan and they're extremely expensive to replace. And by manufacturer recommendation, they have to be replaced at certain intervals. Another bad by the auto manufacturers. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, we got some other text over here, don't we?
2: Yeah, Sandy on Facebook Live uh, says she has a, a 2012 Nissan Altima. I'm uh, sorry, 2010 Nissan Altima with 56,000 miles. And she'd like to know which oil is the best. And I'm going to say a 5W30.
5: You're right on the money. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Google. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was willing to be corrected if I was wrong. We would have made the correction. Okay. Uh,
1: brief and to the point. Uh, we're going to go to Howard, who uh, is also a regular caller from Jupiter. Welcome to the show, Howard. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, Howard. And uh,
7: it's, pretty, it's pretty hot up here in the Bronx. But, I heard. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'll take it. Uh, anyway, here's my question. Uh, my granddaughter lives in Cape Cod, and she made a big mistake. She bought a Challenger with low-profile tires. She already had a blowout, uh, and, you know, on the front tire. Uh, she had a pothole. I, I didn't know Cape Cod had potholes. But I guess all of the northern states have potholes. So uh, she didn't buy the extra insurance. My question to you is, is there a possibility, since she had the car only three weeks, to buy the extra insurance on the uh, uh,
0: the wheels uh is that a possibility well yeah, how she can uh, I just don't know that it's a good investment the uh it's a very profitable insurance premium a lot of car dealers sell it uh, and I suppose other folks sell it too uh road hazard insurance and uh Uh, It's like any kind of insurance, if it gives you peace of mind, gives your daughter peace of mind, uh, I would shop around, I would also read the policy to be sure what it doesn't cover, what it does cover, but most of these uh, insurance things that car dealers sell you uh, are very high profit margins to the car dealer, and if you can self-insure, and you can afford to take care of a blowout when it happens, you're better off just to self-insure.
7: How do you self-insure? Well,
0: uh, self-insure just means you pay for it out of your pocket, but if you want to get a little oh, okay. bit more formal about it, uh, she could put $10 uh, a month into the bank account or into an investment account, and in her mind's eye it would be her tire road hazard insurance, and the chances are she'd probably never use it, and about five years from now she could go and buy herself uh, something yeah. fancy. Or invest it. Yeah, invest it. Good.
7: Very big mistake. I try to, uh, I try to talk her out of it. And I said, "It's not a car for you. Yeah. you. You know, there are potholes and shape yeah. car. You know, yeah. and uh, not only that, but it's not a, it's not a great car. You know, the uh, challenge. And it looks great, but yeah. uh, uh, the handling is good. But that's about it.
4: You know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, uh,
2: it's something you're never going to hear from the salesperson that sells those kind of cars. Yeah. But in a perfect world advising somebody on the actual cost of ownership you know, how much this tire is going to cost to replace and all sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah, low, low, road, low road profile and these fancy racing wheels are extremely expensive. If you damage the wheel, it costs a fortune. If you damage the tire, it costs a fortune. Every time, and we we sell them. I'm, in full transparency, I'm a Toyota dealer, and we sell cars like that with the low profile tires and the fancy wheels. And I shudder when I, I say, boy, I'm glad I'm not selling that to my you know mother or my you know, Relevant for exactly. a friend, because exactly. they're very expensive to maintain and repair.
7: Yeah. Okay, I have a question about Camrys. Are there any Camrys that come with low-profile tires?
0: Not like the
2: Challenger. <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't, no, no, I, don't okay. I don't believe so you you're can pretty yeah, safe yeah. you're pretty
7: safe with the camera. With the camera. Right? Yeah with the
0: camera. Most most vehicles yeah. uh the, the trucks are notorious big huge uh, tires on trucks and the bigger the tire the more expensive and the yeah. lower the profile the more expensive yeah. and the fancier the wheel. I mean you see them going down the street a really cool set of wheels. I mean it really is a, a head turner yeah. and they look great and you feel good. And then you d- you just hit a curb with that wheel, and you're looking at what five hundred bucks or or a thousand bucks know, or a thousand these right. Cra- yeah. crazy yeah. money the least yeah. crazy for the most money.
2: part. Most of the like, Toyota stock tires aren't aren't like these ridiculously low profile. Yeah. But we have some pretty expensive. The run flat ones are extremely expensive. You know.
1: How about the tires uh, on the Supra? Well, we don't want to talk about that. We don't. We
2: don't even know how much that <laughs> Supra going to cost. When I oh. d- when
1: I was driving <laughs> that Supra, I found out. <laughs>
5: You we actually, we <laughs> have an employee.
1: Anybody that drives
7: a Super doesn't
1: worry about low-car phones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it. come on, Howard. <laughs>
5: we, we have an employee at the shop who had a Dodge Hellcat Charger, he uh, Challenger, yeah. and he actually got rid of it because of the cost of tires and brakes because that car would literally eat the tires and eat the brakes, yeah. and it was costing him more tires and brakes than what he was paying for insurance on the car. But he sure looked cool yeah.
0: going down the road didn't yeah. he? It looked
5: exactly. awesome. He did for <laughs> a few months and he <laughs> said, yeah. not for me.
7: Uh, explain why the tires would eat brakes. Why the car would eat brakes.
5: Uh, because it was an extremely fast, powerful engine and our employee liked to drive rather quickly and that meant hard on the brakes. The faster you go, the harder you got to brake. Yep. And it, The other side of it would okay. The brake rotors were a kind of a softer compound in order to work better, and they were what's called a vented brake rotor with drill marks in them, so they could not be resurfaced. They had he had to replace the rotors every time he did new brakes, Mm-mm. so it got extremely okay. expensive. But he got a good deal on the car. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so so the
7: vented rotors cannot be resurfaced.
5: N- not those fancy ones with grooves or holes drilled in them. Those cannot, if you if you see any, the surface of the brake rotor has holes in it. It cannot be resurfaced.
7: That's a good reason not to get one, not to get a car that has that.
5: Uh,
0: absolutely. absolutely.
5: Well, <laughs> yeah. it's high performance, okay. and if you can afford a high performance car, you can afford the brakes on them. That's
7: a good that's pretty good. Okay, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Have a nice uh,
1: day. Thank stay cool too, stay cool up there in New York, Howard. It was always great to hear from you. You know, uh, I talk to more consumers who today say that they do take into consideration not only how much the car costs, how much it costs to maintain that car. Mm -hmm. And it really makes me happy because I was never confronted by a consumer on that topic, but it is something to take into consideration. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call. You are a very important part of the show. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And ladies, fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers
0: stu has got some more text
2: beverly wants to know if i'm pre-qualified for a car loan and the institution has a person that goes to the dealer with you to facilitate goes to facilitate the deal does it really matter what time of the month or year you buy the car
0: it does beverly because the the banker doesn't have any control over the incentives to the salespeople to the dealership the, per- the reason it's the end of the m- a month or the end of the year, which is a, the perfect time to buy a car is because it's a culmination of all the bonuses and incentive money that is poured onto car dealers and to car salespeople to maximize the number of sale in a 30-day cycle or a 365-day cycle at the end of the year. But the banker, is a great idea to get your financing exactly right because uh, if the salesman's talking about beating the bank deal, he'll be able to tell you whether he's really beating the deal or not.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: There we go. We have a uh, question on... YourAnonymousFeedback.com. It comes from in L.A., where there's a whole lot of shaking going on.
5: <laughs> Sorry about that.
2: My family are, are out there. They experienced it as well. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah. Um, hi, all. Uh, just last weekend, my tire pressure light came on, and I noticed there was a large screw on the side of my tire. I had it patched, uh-oh, um, oh but was advised to replace it as early as possible because I was told the side of the tire flexes the most and could pop easily. I went to Costco and purchased a tire, but they advised that I purchased two instead of one. I decided for the time being just to purchase one tire and leave the other three on. The new tire is a higher performance tire, while the older three are the original standard tires on my two-year-old Corolla. They put the new tire in the back and rotated one of the older ones to the front. Is there, I- is there any danger or potential problems with having a tire mismatch like this? Should I buy a second tire like Costco recommended? Thank you, Brit in LA. Yes, we had a few small tremors yesterday, but nothing serious. <laughs>
5: Rick? Well, uh, it actually depends. I'll, I'll address the first part about the patch first. Uh, the main reason that they don't want you to try to patch repair the side of the tire is because that section is a lot thinner rubber and material. There aren't as many belts in there. And any damage to it can very easily spread and destroy the tire usually when you're going on the highway at high speed. So Costco
0: speed. was right in doing that. Now, how Absolutely about, they, how safety about issue? Uh, telling them to replace a tire?
5: Now, replacing tires, it depends upon how much tread is left. If your tires are still relatively new, I see no issue whatsoever with only putting one tire. And it's always best to have the highest amount of tread wear in the back. Um, If that other matching tire is like 50% or less, then I would recommend two tires. But for economy's sake, if you, know, if you can only really afford to do one at a time, yeah. then that's what you do. And obviously put the newest one in the back. You always want the most tread in the back of the car.
0: Very good. Okay, well, that's a good question, and I learned something. We have another text.
2: Yes, we do. Also on youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, question for Earl. Uh, with so many cities now building condensed living, i.e. apartments, condos with little or no parking... Do you think big American automakers are shooting themselves in the foot by by only offering SUVs? I was able to get an apartment uh, because the resident who tried to lease it before me couldn't fit his truck in the parking space. It appears the government is guiding us to smaller cars or no cars. What are your thoughts on this?
0: That's a great question. A very interesting question. And uh, I'm really not qualified to answer what the uh, extent of this smaller ho- housing movement Uh, I've lived, and Nancy and I lived in a place where we couldn't have a truck or a large vehicle one time. And, uh, it's, uh, it it is a trend. I know you're right about that. I think that the manufacturers are getting themselves into more trouble than the outside influences with this trend toward SUVs, vans, and trucks. I think that, uh... It's a gas price thing. Cars are becoming out of favor. Uh, people are buying the bigger vehicles for a lot of reasons. Visibility is something they don't talk about, but a huge number of people are buying the bigger vehicles because they're higher, and you can see better. I'm one of them. I, I, I hate driving in my car. Uh, I'm, I, I'm actually thinking about going into an SUV increase the visibility. Uh, the other thing is the big vehicles are much more profitable to the manufacturers. The profit margin on a big van or a big truck is huge compared to a car. The car manufacturers now are actually losing money on all of the cars they sell. And the competitive nature of the price of the car, the fact that people are not buying cars now because they can afford to buy more gas and put it in their SUVs. Plus, gas mileage is getting better in the SUVs. And if that's not a big enough problem for manufacturers, we have the trend toward hybrids and and electrified cars, and all electric is just around the corner. So, Stu?
2: And also, the trend towards SUVs are trending towards those smaller crossovers. Yes, Um, um, without naming the brand um, I am getting 40 miles to gal- gallon in a nice mid-sized SUV right now <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah so cars in serious trouble and I think it's more what we just talked about than the fact that the downsized and living and spaces and parking places
5: well it's it's actually not even restricted just to a uh, parking spaces for apartments and condos A lot of folks with newer even newer homes the garages are not always built big enough to accommodate some of these monster SUVs, yeah. the really big ones. Yeah, it's
0: hard to put two Hummers true. into
5: a garage. Very, Well, some, tr- some cars like uh, the Ford Expeditions and yeah. Sequoias won't even fit in a standard garage, just one of them. Which so actually brings
2: up a very good thing, uh, advice for consumers, is I we have, I've encountered many customers over the years, and not everybody asks this, they are very specific on the length and width of the car. Uh, and a lot of people ask, can I bring this home so I can just see if it's in my garage? Do that because mm-hmm. you don't want to buy a car, get home, and find a, it doesn't fit in your garage. <laughs>
0: Do they build Hummers anymore? I don't know. I should know. I have no idea. We can Google that. Okay, we've got another text. Are we, uh, we no going to?
2: Yeah, Everett wants, has a question about oil. Um, this is on our text line. Um, ever ask? I've heard you say that an oil change is recommended every 5,000 miles or every six months, whichever comes first. Over time, what happens to oil? I have oil stored on the shelf <coughs> in my garage. Can oil be? Can oil stored go bad over time? Uh, does oil have a shelf life? Uh, love your show.
0: Well, the uh, let me correct one thing. Five thousand miles or six months if you're using fossil fuel, not the synthetic oil. Synthetic oil is 10,000 miles, and uh, you still should have your car checked every six months uh, for other things, but you don't need to change your oil except once a year or every 10,000 miles. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to get the official answer from Rick, but I'm going to guess. Seeing as how oil is in the ground for tens of thousands of years, I wouldn't think when you refine it that it would have a shelf life. I would say that canned oil does not have a shelf life, but I could be wrong. Rick?
5: I say you're totally on the ball. I've never heard of an expiration date for motor oil, mm-hmm. and if there was one, I would have to say it would be at least 10 or 12 years. I was yeah. going to say like about 10 million years. 10 million uh, years. could yeah. very I likely said be. <laughs> like, it's millions of years, right? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, according to Google, the Hummer was last produced in 2010. Wow. Uh although GM still owns the rights to it and they were talking about the idea of producing another one in s- 2017, but I don't think it ever happened. All electric. <laughs> now that <laughs> would be a trick.
0: Yeah, they call it a tank. An electric tank, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> we're
1: going to We're going to go to John. Uh he is uh, calling us from I don't know where. Good morning, John. I'm <laughs> calling from West Palm Beach. Hi, John. And Welcome.
8: Uh, hello. Hey, oh, you're just talking about the length of vehicles, but uh, about the width, I have a question. Uh, isn't the width, cons- uh, cons- isn't there a constraint to it that they have to build the cars within a certain width so that they fit the car carriers and the auto trains yeah, yeah, uh, to mm-hmm. transport them? I know the only one that ever, you know, talked about wide track was Pontiac, and uh, they uh, but that was because of an uh, engineering mistake anyways.
2: No, oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that definitely has to be. I was, a pon-
0: I was a Pontiac dealer, and I didn't know that was an engineering mistake. Yeah.
4: I <laughs> didn't, so why track Pontiac, Pontiac was care. an accident? You didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> sell
8: <them. laughs> yeah, sell it. Uh, yeah, they, I grew up in Detroit. I uh, went to Dearborn College, and uh, that's one of the things that they taught us uh, wow. in drafting school that a lot of uh, – when you make a mistake, if you can profit from it, that's good. Just like the Ford uh, Thunderbirds, the reason why they came out with that scoop was the uh, they found out that the bolt to the air cleaner was too tall, and when they shut the hood, it poked the hole through. So they, <laughs> Oh, so they no. It, and, they, and they just created the hood scoop so they didn't have to go redesign the, the length of the bolt. Yeah, meant to do that. The screw. <laughs>
0: You know that is John. That is amazing. Oh. Uh, the reason I love callers yeah. is oh. listen to this. Uh, I've been a Pontiac I was a Pontiac dealer in 1968. My father was a Pontiac dealer in 1937, and here it is uh, 2019, and I find out for the first time that the white track Pontiac was a mistake.
8: <laughs> well, and, yeah, it was just it was a half inch uh, wider than what it was supposed to be, uh, and uh, so they just. It's, Instead of retooling it and going back, they just went ahead and uh,
4: uh, you know folded on style. the bike
8: track for more stability. <laughs> and then uh,
0: Amazing. that is fantastic. Well, John, that well, is if, it.
8: You, yeah. if you want I got another story that I learned. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, but, uh, you're, sure. you're on a you're on a of, roll. Yeah, yeah here, go ahead. <laughs> but this happens to do with Henry Ford. He was very frugal, didn't want to spend money, he's always finding trying to find ways to save money. Mm-hmm. When he put his contract out to have his engines crated from the one plant uh, to go to the other plant,
4: mm-hmm.
8: uh, he wanted the crates uh, designed a certain way. And what he did was uh, it cost it cost the, the, the people that put in the bids, it cost them more money. Well, the one company that did take, because it cost them like a dime more for each crate, mm-hmm. they want to know why did the crate have to be designed to that specification. He said, well, come out to the plant, I'll show you why, because it'll help you, give you a better understanding. Mm-hmm. When they crated up the motor... They went ahead and took the motor in the crate. They put it on the frame. When they un- when they undid the the bolts for the crate, it mm-hmm. folded out and made the floorboard for the uh, Model uh, T. And that way Ford didn't have to throw away the crates anymore. And he just went ahead and uh, used the uh, crate as the floorboard. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> what that, a story. That is absolutely amazing. You, you, you ought to write a book, John. I'm telling you, that is really cool stuff. What, what did you yeah, do in De- uh De- what, Would you work for a manufacturer in Dearborn? Yeah,
8: oh yeah, they're <laughs> they're always. And, well, I'm a big Pontiac <laughs> fan. I've called the show before. i had a 70 DTO judge. I used to run around Detroit area. Yeah. Um, in for Pontiac Muscle Car division of Detroit. Yeah. Uh, not we called it PMD, but that was the name of our car club, Pontiac Muscle Cars of Detroit. <laughs> well, they're not the, But uh, I'm here in Florida now, and uh,
0: Pontiac headquarters was like in Oakland, that. I guess. Uh, and yep. uh, did, did you know John DeLorean? Open Packard. Yeah, oh, yeah. John, John DeLorean was with the General Manager of Pontiac at one time. Well, that's very good, John. I tell you, I uh, yeah. appreciate that input. Calls again. Well, You're a great caller.
1: For sure. You're a book of knowledge. Hey, John, from West Palm Beach. Yeah. Give us a call again, please. would love to hear from you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, like all of our callers, all of our texters, you're an important part of the show. So take advantage of a few things that we have here. Uh, You can text us at 772-497-6530. You can give us a call at 877-960-9960. And if you want to take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com, please do so on any topic Back to the recovering car dealer.
0: Yeah, youranonymousfeedback.com. We're starting to get a regular flow now, and we're getting uh, feedback from all over. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. We're getting some good stuff. A lot of things that you wouldn't think they would want to be anonymous about, but they do it anyway. Yeah. I think people feel nice. it's a freer flow. They're
5: mm-hmm. not giving up their, their, their cell phone number.
0: Exactly. Drink,
5: so. Rick? Uh, Cody, who was texted us earlier about the uh, Nissan he was looking to buy. Uh-huh. He just sent us a message on YouTube saying thank you for the information and he's glad he found us on YouTube. Says we're awesome and he'll never miss another episode. Wow. Cool
0: Cody. Oh, thanks you're a, Cody. You're an educated consumer at a young age buying
2: your yep. first
1: car. We have a lot of them.
0: Okay we got some more text coming in.
2: Yeah also uh, on this is we have two YouTube uh, channels streaming right now so wow. on the other one uh, this comes from Paul Paul says, I just moved down here from New York. They have a cap on dock fees of $75. Mm -hmm. I went to look at a few XRs down here, and I see dock fees of $1,000 or more. Question mark, question mark, question mark to register a car i just don't get it uh what is so special about florida a thousand bucks to register a car and then he's in fort myers right now so um well we got news for you uh paul that's not to register your car (laughs) that's to pad the uh the wallet of the dealer who is selling you the car
0: yeah it's a it's a damn shame uh paul and i'm glad to hear that new york uh, has some good rules and california does too a lot of the states have caps Dealer fees, hidden fees should be eliminated, but if you can't eliminate it, if you haven't got uh, the nerve to get it eliminated because of the lobbying from the car, car dealers, then put a cap on it. Florida has no cap, and a car dealer can literally charge thousands of dollars in hidden fees, and some of them do. Yes, so, uh, and
1: they get away with it. Yeah,
0: be careful, uh, Paul, when you're shopping, and uh, we have a caller, and I'm going to get to Frank in just a second, but... Uh, Paul, the texture. When you're buying a car down here, the dealer fees, the hidden fees, go by different names. They can call them anything they like: electronic filing fee, notary fee, doc fee, administrative fee, uh, a handling fee. They make up these and they call them fees, and they slip them in on you when you're signing your paperwork, and you don't know you paid it, and they can be any amount. There's a dealer uh, down in Coconut Creek, Florida, that charges $3,000 in dealer fees. So be very careful.
1: And that's all the more reason for you to download www.outthedoorpriceaffidavit.com to ensure you will be protected against any fees. We are going to go to Frank, who's holding. Good morning, Frank.
9: Good morning, I'm uh, the fellow with the Rav4, and Stu was going to check his wife's car last week to see if you push the hold button, if the taillights if the tail lights go on when you break.
2: I have a confession to make. You forgot. I forgot to do that. Uh, I will do it this afternoon. I'm writing it on my hand. Yes. <laughs> well, my pen's not working. Frankly, <laughs> I will not forget, Frank. We
0: apologize. That was stupid.
4: But no uh,
9: problem. My other uh, point is I was trying to text you this message, and every time I call that number, it would say uh, Google something, and what's your name, and we'll connect you.
2: Oh, that's the... And then it just rings. Yes, we only use that number for text. Uh, The phone number for the show is 877-960-9960. The 772-497-6530 is just for text communication.
0: Text number. It doesn't even yeah, well, I was
9: trying to text. Yes. I was. I was try- I've texted you before, but now I tried it three times today, and I get that Google message. Hmm. Huh. Well, that that's, I'm glad is. you told
0: us about that. We'll te- we'll check that right now. We'll text ourselves. Yes. So somebody text us, and uh, we'll yep. check that number. Frank, thanks for the heads up.
1: And Frank, uh, Sue wrote that down, and he will definitely get back with you. You have yourself a great weekend. And You'd,
9: then I'll forget to call next week, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll address it anyway. <laughs> no,
1: no. All right. Thank
9: you very much. You're welcome. Have a good day.
1: You know, getting back to the fees and who, what states have caps and what states don't. According to Consumer Report, paying more now is in unexpected or hidden fees than five years ago. It is up to 64%. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, so rampant, and at least it's controlled in some states like New York and California, but uh, hidden fees are rampant in South Florida, and they range up to $3,000, as we said. Outrageous. Okay, we got some more text coming in here.
2: Uh, we do. This is also on youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, Rick, does a car's black box operate as a purely information recording device, or is that information fed back to various modules to quote-unquote, learn the driving behaviors of the driver and other factors that influence a car's performance. Now, what would happen if the black box is disconnected? Hmm. It's a very
5: interesting question. Well, you
0: answered that to me, and I forwarded it yeah. to the Enquirer, but this is for the
5: radio. Right. We, we, will, we will put this right on the air. Uh, <coughs> basically, what's what's being termed the black box in a car is not the same thing as the black box in an airplane that everyone has heard of in the news. Those are actually a special data recorder that's armored and meant to survive a crash. In a car black box is actually a a section of the memory in several different computers. Primarily the anti-lock brake computer, the engine computer, and the airbag computers. And so obviously you can't disconnect any of those because you would lose that, that function. Uh, and your car probably if you obviously if you disconnect the engine Computer your car's not going to run airbag or ABS. You would see some serious issues by disconnecting those uh, They actually are meant to just simply store data to help diagnose issues and yes in the event that the car was in a collision it will store data such as whether the brakes were applied whether the accelerator pedal was being pressed and how fast the car was going and any information that it can. Now are are you, talking, are you talking about all,
0: all black boxes for all manufacturers, or are you speaking from your specific knowledge of Toyota? This is specific
5: knowledge of Toyota because, yeah. yeah. unfortunately, I, I don't know about other manufacturers. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, we, uh, we think it's probably just part of an integrated system in most cars, and uh, the amount of data that is stored probably varies from manufacturer to manufacturer. But right. I'm sure you're right that in the event of an accident, uh, they definitely are going to be able to tell you the speed and the brake application and all factors that may be involved in determining why the accident occurred. Yeah. Okay
2: okay we have another text that came in from long-time listener and long-time texter emery uh, emery says good morning sorry i don't have a question today uh, because you answered my questions before i even had a chance to ask it i just replaced the original tires on my camry and i noticed that the new tires change the way the car rides it's not as comfortable as it was uh, with the original tires i wondered if i was imagining things i wasn't it sounds like it won't matter which brand of replacement tire i use it just won't be as comfy as the originals. Thanks for explaining the difference between original tires and replacement tires. Have a great day.
0: Well, Emory, uh, you should be happy about the fact that your tires will last a lot longer. It'd be a little bumpier, but if it has a tr- higher tread wear index, the tread wear index varies from about 200 up to 600 or even 800. And uh, if you have a 400 tread wear index and you're used to a 200. Uh, the tires will wear twice twice as fast in the 200. So you're getting twice the mileage in the higher Treadwear Index, and you're sacrificing for a little bumpiness.
2: That's right. And on Facebook, Steve has a question. Um, He wants to know, are there any dealer fee restrictions in New Jersey? And I am Googling that right now because I don't know.
0: There probably are, and we will find that out for you. Uh, remember, I get nervous. We've st- I've stopped using the word dealer fee at my dealership. I'm trying to use the word, and we don't have a fee, by the way, but we, we call them hidden fees because it, when they first came out yeah. 20 years ago or however long, dealer fees really got serious. Uh, they called them dealer fees. And uh, so the dealers realized that the buyers were uh, wise to the fact of what a dealer fee was, yeah. a hidden fee at a profit of the dealer. So what do they do? They just start calling them something else. So yeah. when you go into a car dealership, they won't call it a dealer fee. They're going to call it something else.
1: There are so many definitions. It's unbelievable. But New Jersey has no cap, just like a lot of the states. And uh, I think Stu probably has more information on that.
2: I just found a really cool website it's called realcartips.com I' never seen this before and it's got a list sure. of every state
4: there that you got, you got it yeah
2: <laughs> um, gives you the average for each state and whether there's a cap or not yeah and uh, like Nancy just said there is no cap the average yeah. in New Jersey is two seventy 200 yep
0: well take a look at that uh, sheet, and one of either one of you I'm curious to what other states have no cap on hidden fees um,
2: Missouri's got uh, caps. Uh, Kansas has got caps, uh, also on terminology. Arizona has some. Uh, You can't sort, but it looks like there's a handful, but not too many. Uh, New Hampshire's got restrictions on display and what you can call it. New Mexico has restrictions on uh, what you can call it. Texas has $150 max.
0: Uh, I'm betting that Florida is a wild, wild west Dodge City. I bet you there's no state as bad in Florida on the lack of restrictions on hidden fees.
1: Yeah, This is interesting uh, in Florida, you know, the average, which is kind of funny. Six hundred and seven dollars, and then the, uh, they range from zero to nine hundred and ninety-nine. But we know that the f- the the fees are more than nine hundred and ninety-nine. Well, South
0: Florida is a wild, wild west, and then you mm-hmm. go further north, you get up into the Panhandle. Uh, things are a little bit more yeah. conservative up there. Well, but th- yeah,
2: on, on the page on this on the website here, uh, it's it's conveniently color coded, and so the red ones stand out. So here are the highest dealer fee states in the union.
4: Oh, good. Oh, oh boy. Um,
2: I'm not going to go in order. I'm just going to alphabetical. Al- Alaska, four hundred fifty-eight dollars is the average uh, hidden fee. Uh, Arizona, four hundred one dollars. Colorado, five hundred eight. Florida, six hundred seven. And Georgia, five hundred two. Those are those are the chief offenders. And then in green, it tells you the, l- the lowest one. So you got Arizona with ninety-seven dollars. California with fifty-five dollars, and that's the cap. Uh, Louisiana with one hundred three dollars. Minnesota with seventy-five. New York was 74, Oregon 61, Pennsylvania 122, and South Dakota ninety three
0: dollars folks if you're if you're local and we have people from all over the USA but if you're a Floridian and you're in South Florida the average fee is over a thousand dollars and we haven't done an actual actual calculation it's difficult to do because there are multiple dealer fees but I'm guessing right now and we should do this uh, for information purposes we should do another average for South Florida Palm Beach Broward and Dade County in fact we include Martin County and we'll see exactly what the average is. I'm going to guess it's $1,500. Easy.
5: Yeah. Yeah. When, when at, you le- at least. Rick? Uh, William on YouTube says, hi there. About dealer fees and limits, I live in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. And even though New York has a $75 dealer fee cap, mm-hmm. I know for a fact they still have other fees, processing, etc.
0: <laughs> well, that's very interesting because... Uh, They fooled the Department of Motor Vehicles, or maybe not. Maybe the lobbyists have gotten through to the regulators and to the attorney generals. And some of the dealers now are, in fact, separating from, they'll call the disclosure for the for one dealer fee, and they, they won't do a disclosure for another dealer fee. So there's a lot of fraud going on. Uh, there's a lot of lack of oversight. I'm very, very disappointed with our attorney generals in Florida. I was hoping that after Pam Bondi left office that our new attorney general, what's her name? Uh, oh, sure.
1: Her name is Ashley Moody.
0: Ashley Moody. I was hoping Ashley Moody would uh, get on the ball. And uh, we need some help for the consumers of the state of Florida. And the car dealers are getting away with bloody murder and hidden fees, and they're overcharging uh, our car buyers, and we need some help.
1: Yeah, and uh, until then, Consumer Report is helping everyone. And what the fee! is what everyone is saying <laughs> to themselves. You're not going to so forget. You're not gonna you can,
0: together. Thanks, Nancy. Whatthefee.com. You, you can't <laughs> forget that. That's the Consumer Reports exposure and warning, not just on dealer fees, no. hidden fees, but on all sorts of hidden fees, rental car companies, uh, hotels, yeah, there, uh, there's a
1: woman airlines. That I, there's a woman that I read uh, about, is, uh, a subject that is near and dear to my heart. She is fighting DirecTV about her NFL package and the fact that she's been Paying a fee to sign up for the NFL package.
0: Whatthefee.com. the fee? Dot what com. The fee? What the fee dot com. <laughs> Okay, we got some more text.
2: Uh, yeah, we got some more on youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, just. Just a compliment here, this is the new introduction is great. Keep using it. It keeps the purpose of the re- introduction while moving the show along to the heart of the matter. So, Thank you very much. Well, that, I, That's Earl I, himself.
0: I read, I read that, and I, I had another one that said that I was yakking too much after the introduction, and that was last week, and we changed that. So we're, try, we're always trying to improve the show. Yes. yes,
1: absolutely. And if you want to share your ideas of us improving the show, you can go to youranonymousfeedback.com.
5: Kaizen. Mm. That's right.
2: Also on youranonymousfeedback.com, uh, we have a comment. It says, I enjoy listening to your, the Mystery Shopping reports each week, but I look forward to hearing Earl's vote, which is sometimes missing. He lets everyone else vote, but runs out of time at the end of the show and, and doesn't vote. For example, uh, last last show I wanted to hear his vote on CarMax, but the show ran out of time before I could hear his vote. He needs to vote just as everyone else does. Well, we I have will. I girl. stand
0: corrected. I apologize, and I will be sure to vote. I will that enforce one. that. Absolutely.
2: And we're all caught up.
1: Okay. Ladies, I'm still waiting to hear from you. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call toll-free. 877-960-9960. And if you'd like to text us, uh, 772-497-6530. And I think that Rick has some I just
5: comments? wanted to mention one thing. For for good or bad, uh the automotive world lost oh. one of our greats. Lee Iacocca passed away this Ooh. past week. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, he actually was the major force behind the invention of the Ford Mustang. Mustang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Every time you see a Mustang, that's Lee Iacocca going down the road. Yeah, mm-hmm. not to
0: mention making Chrysler profitable with the car yep. and not to mention uh, minivans. The, the, the foresight yep. to buy American Motors uh, yeah. because they have the Jeep, and today yeah. the Jeep is the only thing keeping Chrysler alive.
1: What what amazing! right yeah, right,
0: they're still feeling the effect. Yeah. What an
1: amazing story! What an amazing <clears throat> excuse me family history! And here's this guy from Allentown, Pennsylvania. You know, mm. and it, it, it's an interesting story if you want to take a look at it. I'm sure you can. And one Google more it. bit of
0: trivia on Lee Iacocca is her his daddy uh, was an immigrant that came through Ellis Island to New York, and he sold hot dogs from a vending stand in New York City. And that was Leo. Elker. Wow.
1: Is that that amazing? I couldn't believe that. And uh, I think that he may have come over through Ellis Island with uh, my grandparents, Giuseppe and uh, uh, Brigida, God bless their souls. Uh, We have a first-time caller, and her name is Cheryl from Lake Park. Good morning, Cheryl, and welcome to the show, and welcome to your $50. Oh, good morning, and thank you. (laughs) You're quite welcome. What can we do for you this morning?
3: I have a question about how to get the best deal on a lease.
0: Okay. Um, I warn you in in advance, Cheryl, leasing is the most complicated way to drive a car. Uh, The manufacturers and the car dealers encourage you to lease uh, for a very good reason. When you lease a car, you're pretty much forced to come back and consider leasing or buying another car. If not, there's a penalty uh, that you have to pay to stop leasing or buying from that particular manufacturer. Uh, the uh, profit to the dealer is much higher on a lease. That's another reason they want you to lease a car. Now, with all that said, it's still possible to get a good buy, I say, uh, it's not the wrong word, to get a good price on a lease. And you can get a good deal on a lease, but you have to be far more careful. Uh, rule. My rule of thumb is, buy the car rather than lease it because it's a simpler procedure. Uh, Leasing uh, has got some good advantages such as when you Damage your car, and we hope you never do. But have to have it repaired, it devalues the car. Uh, If you own the car, you suffer that depreciation yourself when you sell it or trade it in. If you lease the car, you have to repair it, of course. You turn it back in the leasing company, and you don't suffer any penalty. Uh, There's some negatives because insurance on the lease is higher. But uh, if you want to lease a car. It's fine. Uh, There is no advantage to leasing and there's no disadvantage other than the ones that I just explained to you. And if you go about it in a wise way, by shopping and comparing, just like you would if you buy the car, you can get a good deal when you shop and compare a lease payment you have to be sure that you're comparing apples and apples exact same year make model car with exact same equipment and the MSRP and the same terms so 36 months on the exact same car go to three different dealers of that make and get their lowest payment be sure down payment is quoted to you because virtually every lease you see advertised has a very large down payment that's the secret okay. of why they lure you in. $5,000 is not an unusually high down payment, and they hide that in the fine print.
1: Okay. And, uh, uh, Cheryl, if uh, if you'll stay on the line, you can give uh, Sam... Uh, uh, the young lady in our control room, all your information, and I'll get that $50 uh, check out to you. Uh, But back to uh, your question about leasing, Um, it can be so complicated for some of us, and uh, Earl has written a lot of com columns and uh, in reference to leasing so you can go to Earl on cars if you weren't able to you know absorb all the information he just gave you and uh, you can read uh, today's uh, don't be trapped into leasing for the rest of your life column that he just wrote recently or uh, you can read all of his past columns on leasing and I'm sure that'll protect you before you go out and make your decision. Okay,
3: I will do that.
8: I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you,
0: Carol. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that last blog I did, the last article, because, uh, one of the things I haven't mentioned in my few previous blog articles on leasing is that people get trapped into the lease by virtue of the fact that they're no longer building equity. When you buy a car you're building equity. It's like having a bank account. You make your monthly payments after a certain period of time uh, you start to build equity of that car and at the end of the lease, 36 months you're going to have an average of about 50% equity on what you paid for the car. Uh, if a lease after 36 months, you've got zero. So if you have zero equity, what are you going to do? If you have to buy a car, you have to come up with a down payment. Maybe you don't have a down payment. If you if you had bought the car, you would would have had the down payment in the vir, uh, virtue of your trade in. So, people get trapped into leasing, and then they can all they can do is lease for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. The average person, I was amazed to know that the average person in the United States has a very small amount of money saved up to be able to deal with emergencies. And leasing uh, saves you nothing. Buying is like a forced savings account. So it's a good way to maintain your flexibility. That way you can lease or buy.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I I also want to add that uh, Erlon Cars, uh, you know, that website that you can go to, you Earl wrote a column that is really near and dear to my heart, and that's Seniors Think Twice Before Leasing a Car. So there's a lot of information there about leasing cars, and as I said earlier, it is definitely complicated. Stu? Oh,
4: I
2: was just going to chime in on the leasing thing. <coughs> there's, there is, I'm not trying to sell leasing or promote it, but there, you do <laughs> transfer the risk of a lot of depreciation to the, um, to the, l- the lessor mm-hmm. of the car. So if you were to get into an accident and you own the car, you carry that diminished value from from the accident where the leasing company would if you leased it. Mm-hmm. However, they're, very, they're getting tighter and tighter on holding you to higher and higher standards of repair, so it might not wind up being that big of a benefit at the end of the day. So if no. you had gotten to a fender bender and you had it fixed, you still might have an issue after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, um, Interesting. yeah, I actually have, uh, some information we were talking about, um, we had a question about off lease only and whether they allow, uh, customers to take a, a car to their mechanic before they buy it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I found that, that they do, mm-hmm. uh, there is a form that you have to fill out. And I think that's a, usual. It's a, it's a loaner agreement or a rental agreement mm-hmm. and you fill out the form and they will, according sure. to my source, uh, let you take it. Well, oh, that's good. I'm
0: glad we cleared that up. And so the rule is, if you're considering to buy a used car, it's mandatory, uh, I'm going to come out there and get you if you ever buy a used car without having a check by an independent mechanic. It's the single most important thing you can do. Uh, Carfax report is important. Uh, safercar.gov is important, but checking for recalls. But you have to take it to an independent mechanic. Don't ever buy a used car. And don't let the seller's mechanic check it. I mean, that's no. let the fox guard, the ch- chicken coop, have an independent mechanic, pay the $150, bucks. it will be the best $150 you ever spent. You know, Understand? I checked uh,
1: I checked that out, and there are some places it, it costs maybe a $129 to get it inspected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, Rick, what do you have, uh, I shared the text earlier about Lori and uh, her driving the car, you know, off the lot and getting it inspected. Should she go to two or three different mechanics, or is one enough?
5: I think if you find a good, reputable mechanic, someone that you can trust, one is plenty enough, especially someone that's willing to bring you out, show you the underside of the car, and show you any points that they're going to bring up.
1: Okay, I hope we uh, led you uh, in the right direction. Right direction. Harry. Oh, I,
5: I was
2: being distracting. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I raised my hand in the middle of the studio. Everybody stopped <laughs> talking and looked at me because I have information. Um, okay. Um, Frank, I'm not going to check the brake lights on that uh, RAV4 um, because I already had somebody do it. And when you put the parking hold button on, the brake lights do come on. Ah. Uh, so we had somebody just do it just now. So
0: Very interesting. Go.
1: Oh, Great. Hey, uh, give l- us a call to, excuse me, give us a call toll free. We'd love to hear from you Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, 877-960-9960 or as I said earlier, youranonymousfeedback.com. You can go there and tell us what you think. Suggest anything at all. Youranonymousfeedback.com and don't forget, you can text us at 772-497-6530. This
0: is for the old days. I, I brought this in. Nancy actually brought it in. I forgot it. I left it at home. But back in the old days, you know, we've been doing this show for 15-plus years, uh, we used to bring all the classified ads in from the newspapers. I get the Sun Sentinel, the Palm Beach Post. And now all the car dealers have stopped advertising in the local paper. Where's your so,
1: magnifying glass?
0: <laughs> so uh, we brought uh, the one dealer that still advertised ad in. And this is just like it was in the old days. And... Uh, it's so easy. I think one of the reasons people stop advertising the newspaper is too easy for the regulators to find out of, about all the shenanigans. It's evidence. It is evidence, yes. Yeah, it's, it's hard copy evidence. You can show it in the courtroom.
2: It, you can shut down a website in a second.
0: Yeah. And here's Roger Dean Chevrolet uh, just doing it like they did 25 years ago. Exhibition uh, A. Let me, let me read some of the fine print on this. You see the big uh, $17,000 off. And uh, let, let me read that to you. Here's a fine print. $17,000 off, and the discount is off dealer list price. And dealer list price is not the MSRP. Dealer list price is what Roger Dean says dealer list price is. Of course, to, to Roger Dean is no longer with us. But uh, the owners of Roger Dean, which I believe Janie Dean is the owner of Roger Dean Chevrolet. Is it Patty? Or Patty Dean. Yeah. Patty. A daughter of the late yeah. Roger Dean. Uh, but anyway, uh, just kind of like uh, Frozen in Time, the old newspaper ad, you still have the same shenanigans going on online. You have it on television, except they're a lot harder to see. Uh, it's, it's almost comical on the television when you see the fine print. And I try to take pictures of it, and I got my iPhone out. I'm not fast enough. And sometimes I'll just stand in front of the screen, and they'll flash it on, and I can't... Sc- hit the shutter fast enough to take the picture. You just have to go over and over again before you finally get the picture.
1: It's amazing how much progress we have made. Do you realize, can you I don't even have to close my eyes. You and I would come in here and this whole desk would be, uh, completely empty, and we'd bring in all of these ads from Saturday morning Enjoy and it was truly amazing and let 's fast forward just a little bit and there was a man who introduced us to the word shenanigans, and <laughs> his name was Jonathan, and we well have really progressed anyway. Give us a call toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty or you can text us at seven seven two Four nine seven six five three zero. we have Alan holding from Jupiter good morning Alan
9: uh, good morning uh, Earl Mike uh, I'm calling from Jupiter my question I guess advice I'm looking for is regarding um, I want to lease a, a 2019 or 2020 uh, car for my grandson uh, he's going to be 18. And uh, I wanted to find out if one manufacturer is better to deal with than another. Uh, we're, I guess we're looking for like an intermediate SUV. Who would be the best uh, people to deal with?
0: Uh, Alan, I, I think all the manufacturers are pretty reputable when it comes to leasing. Uh, uh, they uh, have to be competitive. Uh, And they most all have what they call captive leasing companies. Their financing company also does the leasing. I'd be more concerned about the best vehicle. Typically, when you uh, go for the best vehicle... You have the lowest lease price because the better vehicles, as recommended by Consumer Reports, have the highest residual value. That's uh, the resale value. If you have a high-quality, low-maintenance vehicle, a safe, high-quality, low-maintenance vehicle, Consumer Reports will tell you which SUV and uh, make it very clear there will be a recommended vehicle list. Uh, for 2019 and when the 2020s come out, they'll be on the list too. And because they have high resale, then the monthly payment of the lease will be lower. And the terms and conditions, the rates uh, are pretty much uh, similar between all the leasing manufacturers.
9: Okay. With uh, uh, the, uh, uh, I'm a member of AAA, and they uh, recommend... Using their buying service and leasing service, mm-hmm. uh, they work through TrueCar, uh, which um, uh, I guess a couple of these uh, Consumer Reports does also. Yes. Is that a good way to go first, uh, to go through them? To find it, a it is. Good dealer?
0: It is, Alan. That's excellent. I didn't realize AAA uh, used TrueCar. I knew uh, Consumer Reports does. But yeah, TrueCar is an excellent way to get the lowest price the leasing is a little more fuzzy and uh, if uh, if you use a true car, sue, maybe you can help me on this uh, you're not going to be able to really get a leasing price. you're going to get a purchase s- price. purchase price if you if you get the purchase price and the nice thing about True car is the true car price has to include any fees hidden or otherwise, so if they're included in the price, It's not really a hidden fee, and uh, dealer-installed accessories are also included in the price. So when you have that true car price, you have to shop and compare it with other dealers. But usually the true car price is a very good one, and it should be a legitimate one. Uh, If you want to convert that to a lease, it gets a little bit more complicated because you have to take the selling price that true car gave you and you have to put in the capitalized cost of the lease on the, the lease contract so um, yes you can use true car consumer reports for a price use that price as a capitalized cost and when you're comparing lease prices be sure that the terms and down payment are similar with all the dealers that you're dealing with
9: where where is the best place to find the uh, information uh, on uh... Uh, incentives that the manufacturer is offering, on, i.e. leasing and or buying. Where's the best place to look for that?
0: The manufacturer's website, yeah. I would say. Uh, uh, the,
2: the manufacturer's website, and if there is a more regional or local um, group, say a distributorship or something, or a local ad, ad ad group, they call it a TDA is what they call them in, in dealer parlance, mm-hmm. uh, they might have regional specials. So uh, if you just Google, you know, if you're looking for a Honda, Honda leasing specials, the first things you're going to are going to come up in the search is probably going to be Honda's um, uh, manufacturer's website. So check there, and if, as long as it's a legitimate website, you can um, you can consider that accurate information.
0: Alan, there's one more okay. issue with leasing, uh, and you're leasing this for your grandson. I don't know if you'll be signing on the lease or uh, how that will be, but remember when you lease a car, uh, you are responsible for the lease for the entire term of the contract so if you sign a 36 month lease contract and for whatever reason uh, cannot continue to drive the car or pay for the car uh, you're still obligated for the full term and uh, uh, your grandson shouldn't be an issue but I'm 78 years old uh, I would think twice about leasing a car myself because if I become incapacitated or I die or uh, sight, earring, or whatever reason I can't drive my car, uh, I have to pay 36 lease payments if I sign the lease contract.
9: Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate the advice, and a great show, and I listen to it every chance I get. Thank you. Thank you, you, Ellen. Thank thank you so much, Alan.
1: Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, and uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530, and uh, Frank is on line two. Welcome to the show, Frank.
10: Hey, good morning. It's Frank from Jupiter Farms, so I have to Welcome. To yes, thank you, and happy post Fourth of July. Thanks. Thank um, you. Same to you. Uh, first thing, it, 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 every time it's like going down memory lane. I mentioned that last week about the gasoline and stuff like that and things like that um, on your show, hearing things. The deceptive TV ads is, um, is an interesting thing to look at. I see them on TV. It's, the print is so small. It's flashed up there so quickly just to have fun. And this shows you sometimes how... What a boring life I must leave. <laughs> I freeze the frame. <laughs> I take a picture of the ad. Oh, you too. And on your phone, you can enlarge the ad and read everything that you couldn't read on the TV. So there, there's one um, suggestion for people. They really want to see what's um, going on in those deceptive ads. Yeah, it's shocking. Right
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, you just yeah. can't believe what you're seeing, right, Frank? So you want to freeze it. Oh. And uh, Earl yeah, does and that you know, a lot. It's, it's, it's,
10: it's, it's like a comedy show. You, yeah. You read this and... After hearing your show, you're you're enlightened and enlarged and, and more well-informed, and you can see the deceptiveness that
1: oh, they do. It's amazing. But, um,
10: now, here's a question for, for um, your, your mechanic guy, or excuse me, your technician guy. Gasoline. It, it obviously doesn't have a long lifespan. If you have it sitting around in your cans in, in the house for a lawnmower or for whatever, um, since they added the sugar thing, which in back in the old days you would kill the car to put sugar in your gas tank, but today they do it under the guise of 10% ethanol. Huh. Um, how long How long can they really keep the gas in your car, especially for the snowbirds that might leave and leave their car parked for the whole summer, that they don't take it back north? Is that an issue?
5: Um, I don't actually have any empirical evidence on it, but my recommendation would be to go no more than five to six months at the most, Uh, simply because gasoline does start to break down, and it can be corrosive. It can damage components in the car. The ethanol, actually, is very lightly corrosive. So I wouldn't go more than five to six months. Isn't there an
0: additive you can put in that will allow the sitting time to increase?
5: You can get uh, fuel stabilizers to put in that will help to keep your fuel in better shape, but... Again, it's it's a kind of a Band-Aid thing. I, I would stick with the idea of fresh fuel.
10: Okay, sounds good. Um, when we're back to gas, I think I mentioned that sometimes we have a fire pit out here. We take some gas, throw it on to get the fire started. And it's amazing if you have an old can of gas laying around that you forgot about for maybe close to a year. It almost doesn't flame up. It's almost like light and kerosene as opposed to gas, down vapor effect. Mm -hmm. but um and on uh talking about that the people feeling their cars and stuff like that i still see people not turning their cars off but i had a the great um blessing to be able to watch what you do with fuel when you throw raw fuel into a hot tailpipe um it goes into what they call your afterburners so um i got to see that in my air force career so that was a a nice chapter after 4th of july <laughs> yeah. But on a, yeah on a sad note about this line in aviation i um, saw on tv on um, the billionaire klein who's really a big donor for big dog ranch yeah um it is very sad about seeing what yeah. happened tragedy so terrible absolutely terrible
1: yeah, yeah. terrible
10: well frank but anyway uh, again thank you guys for having a great show it's um I can tell my cat can tell when he gets allowed to go out on Saturday mornings
1: because
10: <laughs> the in the farm. when I turn on the Earl Stewart show, he says, "Oh, you're up. You're going to listen to the show." I can go outside, so I open the door and he goes wandering around the yard. And it gets warmer, it starts raining, and he comes right back. In. He, he has a down, Pat. He knows it's a day to go out. <laughs> What's
1: your cat's name? Okay,
10: Um, it's Moose, and he's all black, and he's got a very really unique personality. And we have his brother named. um um, wow, great, Pascal, <laughs> and that guy's <laughs> totally two different personalities. But I had dogs my whole life, and my daughter gave me a couple of kittens. Before she went away to college. <laughs> and I go, oh, great, more more things to take care of. Uh,
4: Actually,
10: when, when you travel is nice. <laughs> you can just leave a lot of food and water in a clean litter box and go away for three days. You do that with your dogs. Yeah, You're going to have to true. repair your house. Yeah, they're pretty
1: independent, aren't they?
10: we got to get those guys in. I, I compliment you very quickly. Um, hearing Samantha is in the background and she answered the phone, it's really nice hearing a nice voice like hers. Oh. Not that the other guys didn't do any good, but um, you've got a really, really special young lady there. and I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Frank.
1: Frank, thank you so much for that. And I have to tell you that Moose has good taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we geez, always love hearing that. from you.
10: Well, we have, no, our okay, you have a nice weekend. Thank, thank you. you we have our mystery
1: shop coming up, so stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Samantha. We call her Sammy. Uh, Sal, the black box expert, is all right. holding. Wow. Hmm. Welcome get some to the answers show, Sal.
11: <laughs> Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, you touched on the subject before when I was driving in the car and I didn't know how far you wanted to get involved in it. You you touched on the subject, and then you were off it. Um, is there anything in particular you need to know about the black box, which is the event data recorder, the crash data? Is that what you were referring to?
0: Well, the question was, uh, was the black box a independent uh, unit in the car? And Rick answered that it was integrated with the entire system of the car, and that... Uh, It wasn't an independent uh, source of data. Uh, But in the event of a crash, it did record all the pertinent data so that the fault of the crash, the cause of the crash, uh, would be determined. And we also talked about the fact that black boxes probably vary from manufacturer to manufacturer. And Rick was speaking mainly from his knowledge of Toyota black boxes. But that's, that's what we came up with. Frank, do you have something to add to that?
11: Yeah, a little history. I mean, this so, started so. back around the year 2000, 1999, uh-huh. when General Motors used a data for a very popular uh, crash that happened. It was Jerome Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles, died in a Corvette. And at trial, a few years later, in General Motors comes up with this black box data, which the attorney that was handling the case was just stunned by this data. That mm-hmm. How did they get this data? And nobody ever knew. There were any type of crash recorders in the car whatsoever.
4: Now,
11: mm-hmm. local attorney here was Ed Ricci, a very powerful attorney, and he basically caused the dealers and he, and through the DOT to, and the and the National Highway Traffic Safety Association to make the technology available to others, so that someone could refute the. Uh, manufacturer's reading mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. It, it, it really took off from there, from 2000 to now, it's just yeah. phenomenal, the amount of data, the quality of the data, the precision of the data you can get out of a car, yeah. it's been in a crash, it's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, you're right, Sal. That's right. Uh the beginning, it was a big secret. The manufacturers had their black box data, and they weren't going to show it to anybody. And then they got the lawyers mad at them, as you say. And uh, it's evolved now where it's become a very productive. Uh, the insurance companies like it. Uh, the uh, lawyers like it. <clears throat> I think the consumers should like it because the facts are the facts. The truth is the truth. And when there's an accident, you want to know why it happened.
11: Oh, and it keeps getting more sophisticated every day, more sophisticated. Yes, exactly. Uh, in fact, I put in a complaint with uh, with Toyota. Was one of the people that said uh, all they had for whether the brakes were on or off was was the brake light on or off. So, at a mm-hmm. two thousand thirteen seminar, I presented to Toyota. Well, I don't know how much pressure was being applied to the brake. Huh. Brake light on or off doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy. Right. Uh, and Toyota actually came through. And they were the first ones to actually volunteer how much hydraulic pressure was being applied to the brakes. I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal. I'm, I, I'm, to, I'm a master mechanic, and I'm flabbergasted. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that. That's, uh, that's the reason I love you callers, because you tell us stuff all the time that we didn't know. And, you know, we're Toyota yeah. dealers, so exactly. that's very interesting. Thanks thank you very much, Sal.
1: Thank you, Sal. Okay.
11: Anytime you me, call me back again, I'd love to help you out. <laughs> Bye-bye
1: <now>. Thanks, <laughs> <Sal>. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, and he's got a sense of humor. Yeah. Hey, Sal, we need to hear from you again. Uh, the listeners, uh, I can't thank you enough. All of us can't thank you enough. Uh, you're such a great asset to the show, and uh, I hope that all of you continue to call. And uh, speaking of calls, we have Jack on line two, and he's calling from New York.
4: Yeah.
1: Good morning, Jack.:
7: Hey, good morning, Earl. Good morning. How are you?: Good morning. Love the show.: Thank like you. Do a great uh, job.: Thank you.: um, My problem role is, I have a 2012 Cadillac SRX with 100,000 miles on it, and the stable link light keeps coming on on my dashboard, and I, I brought the car to my, to my mechanic, and he can't seem to find the trouble why this is happening, and he's telling me to bring it to the dealer which I want to avoid doing because that means I have to bring my bank book with me. Uh, Any idea on this?
0: I think Rick can Mm -hmm. give you some advice. I think think maybe you can get the uh, diagnostic instrument from an independent source that should be able to give some information before you go to the dealer.
5: Yeah. uh, Independent sources should be able to pull any diagnostic codes on it. Uh, But if it's an intermittent issue, which if the light's going on and off – I would actually ask the mechanic to try checking for any wiring issues first, uh, especially a ground wire issue. That intermittent issues, uh, one of the first things I see, ground wires are a big problem. You get one loose connection and, and that can cause that system to any system to go a little screwy on you. And
0: Sal, it's not such a bad deal to take it to the dealer if you protect yourself. You uh, Dealers obviously have a reputation of overcharging and that's the reason you're afraid to go see the dealer, but I would call the dealer and i explain my situation. I'd ask to speak to the service manager and say, I'd like to bring my 2012 SRX in for you to check it, uh, but will you do a diagnosis for me and will you do it at no charge? Can you hook it up to your diagnostic machine? And if there's a problem, I'll let you fix it for me. But I don't want you to charge me a lot of money and, uh, without having done anything to fix my car. If they say yes, then go on in. The car dealer, the manufacturer, the Cadillac dealer has the latest state-of-the-art uh, diagnostic machinery that the independent mechanic might not have. But as long as you're protected against being overcharged, I would take it to a Cadillac dealer.
7: Okay, thank you.
0: Thank you very much,
4: Jack.
1: Thank you for the call. Uh, I am going to share this with our uh, female audience. And by the way, ladies, I have uh, you got to give me a call. I have $50 right here in my hand to give to you just for calling, 877 960 Very quickly, this is from Brianna. Women buy just over half of all cars sold in the United States and take care of Eighty percent of all family car buying decisions, women car buyers do more research than men. So there, those are her words.
0: I am woman. Hear me roar.
1: There, We've got a bunch so of
0: texts, bunch of texts backed <laughs> up over here. They're
2: piling in. Uh, we got one here. This is from John in California. Uh, good morning. I just want to say I love the show, uh, live on YouTube, and it has two two questions. One: Would you ever do a mystery shopping report in California? And two, why don't we ever get to see Stu? He's always behind the scenes. Well, I can I can, I can address both questions. I have my, my son is out in California right now. I'll ask him to um, head into <laughs> the closest there you car go. dealership. <laughs> Great <laughs> idea. Honestly, I don't know if I get him to do that, but I will ask. My wife's out there as well. And I was going to come up with a funny answer to why you don't see me on camera, but I'll give you a a truthful answer, a better one, is you're going to see me pretty soon because we checked out the new studio Mm -hmm. that's been under construction, and it looks like it's almost done, and there's cameras all over the place, so I'm going to be forced to be on camera very shortly so you all get to see what i actually look like
1: we're gonna have to be camera (laughs) ready right we'll have to do makeup before we get in there There you go (laughs) all
2: right so we have a bunch that came in oh i'm sorry we have another text this came on the text line uh why why is it so hard to find a car that has a power passenger seat without having to go to the top of the line model i can't imagine that equipment is that expensive my wife and i are both elderly and a power passenger seat is a major convenience for my wife we don't want to spend over $30,000 to have that simple convenience. And unfortunately, they're, they're right. Usually you have to go to the top-of-the-line model to get, and, and that's not even on every car. But, for example, a like Camry, uh, you can't you know, get that, the base that's,
0: that's a very good question, and as a comment on the manufacturer's lack of sensitivity, uh, a lot of, uh, well, Older people. I mean, I used to be six foot five. I'm six foot three. I know. And, and a lot of older people are, are sit lower in the seat. And there are a lot of in Florida. We have a huge elderly population. And a power seat's almost a necessity. Yeah. Oh, and why Why ways. make somebody pay uh, thousands of dollars more just so they can get the luxury version
2: okay. show, of the vehicle? Show, show me a car that's got a um, manual rolled up windows anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's just part of it.
1: V- exactly. Uh, excuse me. Uh, breaking news to our listening audience. Uh, if you call and the line's busy, it's because we are no longer taking any phone calls because we do have to get to the mystery shopping report. But you can still text, and that mystery shopping report is from Carmex of Jensen Beach.
0: Okay. Next text.
2: Uh, some 2019 cars use R134 refrigerant. Is that going to be a big problem five years down the road for repair? That's for Rick.
5: And 25 words or less, Rick. R-134 should be available for a long time because even now you can still find R-12 by looking online like uh, Craigslist or places like that. All right. Very good. Rapid
2: fire. Here we go. Uh, On youranonymousfeedback.com, the story about Lee Iacocca would have been a perfect start for the show after Earl's new intro. Why take a caller within five minutes of the show uh, starting? I think a short story to get everyone started with questions, comments, and get into the show would be perfect.
0: I love that comment. That's well, a great question. I I that comment.
2: Could, Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, Does it matter what time of year you buy a car? Is it true that October through December is the best time? What about these mid-year holiday specials? Um, That's uh, There is the question right there.
0: Best time to buy the car is at the end of the month or toward the end of the year because of bonuses and incentives by the manufacturers and the dealers and to the car salespeople. I always recommend buying the current year model. Uh, You can get a discount on last year's model, but the depreciation you suffer, instantaneous depreciation when you buy. If you buy a 2018 car today, you have instantaneous depreciation. Buy the 2019, and if there's a 2020 available, buy that. Uh, you negotiate and you use TrueCar, and you use cons- uh, Costco, you use Consumer Reports. Uh, I just found out that AAA uses TrueCar. Uh, get the best price you can on the current model. The depreciation that you suffer on last year's model uh, does not more than offset the savings. Okay. Uh, Another one came in on
2: youranonymousfeedback.com. Good morning. I may have missed your answer last week due to streaming issues. Uh, Why haven't you expanded to another car make like Lexus?
0: Because I have been unable to convince Toyota to assign a Lexus dealership to me. I would love to have a Lexus dealership. And uh, getting a new franchise for any model car is a very difficult thing. And it's uh, political in a lot of ways. And... uh, don't get me started on that because we don't have enough time. One day I'll do an entire two-hour show on why the, well, the corruption and the politics in the stunning new car franchises.
2: There you go. Uh, next one, also on youranonymousfeedback.com. I have a mechanical question. Speaking about highway miles versus city miles and the wear on the engine, the idea being that the startup of the engine causes wear when there's a lot of there's less oil circulating about hybrids and their shutting off the engine when stopped, would this cause similar wear on the engine compared to city trips of multiple startups of the engine? Or are the hybrids designed to address this potential issue? Great question.
5: They are actually designed to address that, as are all cars now because they have what's called an anti-drain back valve that keeps the oil in the passageways and it takes long time for that oil to actually work its way all the way back down out of the engine. So
0: the hybrids have that advantage over the standard cars that have the engine shut off at the red light, which is a bad idea.
5: Well, actually, all cars will keep the oil up in the engine. Oh. It's just that with conventional cars, when you shut them off for a longer period of time, oh. the oil can slowly leak its way back down into the oil pan. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Are we caught up on decks?
5: We are all caught up. Ready okay, for
0: let's uh, glide into our... Uh, Mystery Shopping Report here.
1: Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, vote on that Mystery Shopping Report, please. 877, excuse me, 772 uh,
0: 497 We just uh, Mystery Shop Carmacks, again. We Mystery Shopped them last week, uh, and that was in Boynton. This week we shopped them in Jensen Beach, another Takata test. And uh, Part 2 of the test, we found a 2015 Jeep Wrangler with a fixable... But unfixed, Takata airbag recall. And this is a, the one in Boynton, right? Yeah. And uh, we sent an agent thunder, uh, instead of proactively requesting information from the salesperson about the safety and mechanical soundness of the Jeep, agent thunder said nothing and waited for CarMax to stop the sale on their own. We call this technique the silent Takata test. We're sad to report that CarMax Boynton failed the silent Takata test. This failure came on the heels of two prior mystery shops at the Boynton location, both with Takata test failures. Things aren't looking good at CarMax Boynton, so we decided to see if another CarMax location would fare better. We targeted CarMax and Jensen Beach, uh, hoping that Boynton Beach had gone rogue, just kind of a fluke. You know, we find that with car dealers... You could go in three times in three successive months and get three different types of reports. Mm-hmm. You get a good salesperson, a corrupt salesperson. Uh, it depends so much. And uh, it's it's like Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. So even a recommended car dealer on our recommended list, be careful.
2: It happened to us. Yeah. Uh, we had a salesperson who recently told a customer the price was good that day only. Yeah. It was re- I guess he doesn't work for us anymore, but uh, yeah. it happened. And we had another
0: yeah. salesperson. We got caught red-handed <laughs> by Frank, a caller, I oh, think. Yeah. Uh, said that uh, the uh, that he this was the Costco right. price. Yeah. yeah,
2: that person doesn't work for us yes. anymore <laughs> not work for us anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, no matter who you're shopping and buying a car from, be careful. Um, our initial exam of Carfax, Carfax, CarMax in uh, Jensen Beach uh, was a little discouraging. We found that the listed uh, airbag listed for sale within one minute. It was easy. And usually you got to look and look. Stu does the looking and the searching. It's very time-consuming.
2: Selfishly, I'm very happy when that happens because uh, it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still.
0: Worthwhile. The offending vehicle, which came up right away, was a 2012 Ford Fusion with a no-fix to recall. No-fix means the inflators, the repair part, is not available, and you just are in serious trouble if you buy one of those cars. And... Uh, This is terrible. I mean, even if they didn't ban the sale of cars with defective Takata airbags or dangerous recalls, they should certainly make it illegal to sell a car with an unfixable dangerous recall. I mean, what? What are the regulators and the legislators thinking? What are the manufacturers and the car dealers thinking that it is illegal to sell a car? with a dangerous recall and you can't fix it.
2: They're thinking they don't want the Florida Automobile Dealers Association uh, to mm-hmm. come
0: after them. That's right. Not giving them money to get reelected. Um, we verified the recall with three sources: Carfax, NHTSA National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and Ford.com. To Carmax's credit, they provided the link to the NHTSA website on the Fusion's listing. Clicking the link, autofill with a VIN and ran the recall check. Very cool, Mm -hmm. but it relies on buyer beware, relies on the educated consumer. And I can assure you, I'm a car dealer. I still am a car dealer. And I can tell you that shoppers are not thinking mainly about recalls when they buy a car. Buying a car is an emotional thing. It is a, a visceral thing people get excited they get emotional and they're not thinking about safety Uh, they should yeah and if you want to hold them responsible and CarMax a lot of manufacturers and car dealers do hold you responsible but we know in the real world the average shopper is not thinking about recalls and they don't ask these questions Um, to keep our two CarMax investigations comparable Agent Thunder was instructed to administer the silent Takata test again. We wouldn't ask anything about the safety of the vehicle. Here's a report. I'm speaking in the first person as if I were Agent Thunder. And again, we're at CarMax and Jensen Beach, just a little bit north of North Palm Beach, up there in the Martin County area. Before embarking on my mission, I called ahead to make sure the 2012 Ford Fusion was on their lot and available for sale. I I, I was told it was, so I jumped in my car and I headed north. My first impression upon arriving at the dealership was that it was quite a bit smaller than the Boynton location. However, the place looked very new, clean, interior, was nicer and more modern than Boynton. It was pretty busy inside, but it didn't take long for Mike to approach me and introduce himself. We name names, we name dealerships, uh, we name managers. This is uh, no punches pulled. We tell the truth as we see it. I told Mike I came in to see 2012 Fusion. I found a line. He knew exactly the one I was thinking about and said it was nearby. The two of us walked outside, quickly found the car. Mike opened the door, attempted to start the car. It wouldn't start. Very embarrassing. Happens. Very embarrassing when it happens, but Mike wasn't phased. Uh, And he ran inside to get a jumper box. Once the car was started, we went on test drive. Same procedure as the last CarMax. Salesperson drove first, then offered to switch places. Uh, This is a protocol. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, the same thing that other car dealers do, especially CarMax. And it tells you CarMax has consistent training among the different CarMax locations. And they have hundreds of them all around the country. Largest retailer of used cars in the world. Mike was informative and funny. He described the features of the car and expressed his surprise at how good the condition of the seven year old car was. Now, think about this seven years. That car with a defective to cut airbag has been sitting around a long time. It's got the seven year itch. Seven year itch, and it's in Florida with high humidity, high heat, and there is Florida has the dubious honor of being the most dangerous state own a car with a defective Takata airbag. Heat and humidity, we have more airbag problems exploding Takata airbags than any other state. After we've turned to the lot and headed back inside, Mike described the steps that lay ahead. He said we would review a vehicle history history report and explain uh, he would be my sole point of contact. He explained the pricing. The price was given up front and there was no haggling, no negotiating. Then he collected some information from me and asked if I was financing or paying cash. I said I was paying cash. Mike left me briefly and returned with a vehicle history report and a printed buyer's order. Something you don't normally see at other car dealerships. Right up front. Right up front. And usually you have to beg for a vehicle buyer's order. They don't want you to have their price because you can shop and compare their price. Not CarMax, though. CarMax is one price. And that's a good thing. Because, you you know, I should have told an earlier caller uh, to, he was asking about buying a uh, Nissan. A nice, yeah. And I said, check the CarMax price on that make model Nissan. And that gives you a basis for comparison. Now, if you find a better Nissan uh, at a lower price, buy it. But you, they give you the right, CarMax gives you the right to shop and compare. That is a right that we have as Americans to be able to, it's like the free enterprise system, shopping and comparing. And other dealers deprive you deprive you of that right. Uh, he mentioned, Mike, there was still an outstanding airbag recall. He told me that all I needed to do was to take it to a Ford dealer for a free repair. I pause. Do you
2: I remember pause. earlier in the report? <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, this is unfixable. Uh, I asked him uh, why Carmax didn't do this before trying to sell it to us which is a very good question you know you got the airbag the manufacturer responsible for will have their dealer fix it at no charge and the question was why didn't you do it and here's what he said mike replied it would be too difficult with all the carmax at an inventory. He said they wouldn't have time, it would cost too much money to pay people to take them back and forth for these repairs. Now think about this. This is the CarMax alibi. First of all CarMax does have a lot of used cars in their inventories, but hopefully they don't all have dangerous recalls and hopefully there aren't that many cars in inventory at CarMax inventory around the country that have unfixed, uh, dangerous recalls. So why not send them out as part of the reconditioning? Yeah.
2: It might have been true a few years ago yeah. when there was thousands of them everywhere. But
0: And I will assure you that if they have a warrantable condition in a late model used car, I assure you they send it to the dealer. They're not going to pay for it. If they'll it. send a transmission problem or an air conditioning problem to another dealer to get fixed at no charge, why won't they send a recall? to another dealer.
2: Because no one will notice the recall, but they'll notice a jerky transmission. Exactly. (laughs) Wow.
0: Okay. That's their excuse. Their excuse is nonsense. I asked him if it was legal to sell used cars with recall like this, and he said that it was. a Sad statement, isn't it? It is legal. And that's one of our biggest problems now, is trying to get the legislators of the world, I should say mainly the United States, and the regulators of the United States to make it illegal to sell cars with dangerous recalls. After the recall discussion, Mike reviewed the buyer's order and pointed out the $399 dealer fee. Excuse me, they have a different name. They all have different names. Nobody calls a spade a spade anymore. They call it whatever they want to call it. They don't call them dealer fees. This is a CarMax processing fee. Sounds pretty official, doesn't it? Except it's hidden profit to the dealer. I've heard better. Yeah. And there's also some more hidden profit we'll get to later called an electronic filing fee. He didn't even mention that one at this point of the discussion. I asked if I could take the buyer's order with me and then come back in an hour to do the paperwork. Mike said uh, that was no big deal and handed me the document. Again, back from the bad to the good. This is a good thing about CarMax. They give you a buyer's order, they give you a fixed price, non-negotiable, and you they can shop it, compare it with anybody you want to. And that should be the right of everybody, but there are very, very almost no dealers that will allow you to do that. Okay, the epilogue CarMax Jensen failed the silent, the silent Takata test. In more, more ways than one, while the salesperson person did disclose the recall, He still proceeded with the sale. That is the defining moment of the Takata test. But even worse than that, Mike incorrectly told Agent Thunder that he could take the Fusion to any Ford dealer for a free repair. There is no fix available for this recall. Whoever actually buys this car will have to remain exposed to the danger of a potential explosion for how long, we don't know. Some of these people... People that have bought these cars with the inflators, they fixed on available, have been driving them for years. So you don't know when you buy a car with an unfixed recall how long it's going to take. It's important to remember that time is one thing the driver or passenger of this car doesn't have. This airbag is seven years old. It's a 2012 and it can blow up at any minute. Airbags blow up, by the way, even without collisions. Takatas have actually spontaneously exploded. When they explode, the shrapnel goes through the compartment, whether it's the driver's side or the passenger's side. You're talking about a hand grenade. You're going to get shrapnel if you're sitting in the front seat one way or the other. So here we are, a serious violation by CarMax, but then again is a serious violation by, by virtually every car that we have shopped. And uh, now we come to the end of the report, and we ask you to uh, vote on it. I, I, I do mention one more thing here. I alluded to earlier, they said the dealer fee, and they called the CarMax processing fee, was 399 They also have a $27 electronic filing fee. That's also hidden profit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you add that to the 399 you now have $426 in hidden fees. Which, and,
2: interestingly... Uh, well, a little bit less. I'm sorry, the Florida average is 6 to seven. I thought that put yeah. close to the average. Yeah. Uh,
0: CarMax uh, has a, a dealer fee like virtually every other dealer yeah. in the state of Florida and a higher fee than most um, other states. And no control on naming the fee. In other, in other states, they have a control. Uh, they call it whatever they want to call, it, but they can't call it different names. Usually a dealer fee, uh, and that's... Uh, misleading in itself, but at least they have a cap on it. Okay. Uh, I will mention one other thing before we get into the votes. How much time do we have?
2: We have nine minutes,
0: say. Oh, yeah. we got plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, Carfax was the uh, target of a lawsuit uh, by the uh, consumers against uh, the cars, C-A-R, consumers against you know, uh, re- recall safety. C.A.R.S. Um, Rosemary Why? Shahan, the president of CARS, filed a lawsuit against CarMax and also General Motors through the Federal Trade Commission, actually sued the Federal Trade Commission, sure. and they lost the suit. And the reason they lost the suit is the Federal Trade Commission said it's okay to sell cars with dangerous recalls as long as you disclose it. And we take the position and. Rosemary Shahan takes a position and all consumer advocates take the position that disclosure is a sham to allow cars to be sold with dangerous recalls because the recall is disclosed via text, via print, fine print and otherwise. And you sign a bunch of papers when you buy a car and the disclosure is in the fine print and you don't know you're you're signing it. So that is the reason that we're very down on the legality of selling cars with dangerous recalls. Okay, CarMax, Jensen Beach, the votes are coming in. Yes. Uh, who wants to start with the voter?
1: I think that uh, would, would you like to go to the Tex or would you like to have uh, <coughs> the recovering car dealer give us his uh, grade? It's
2: up to the recovering car dealer. I'll,
0: I'm going to pass them because they're all the other car dealers are doing the same thing. And it brings a tear to my eye. But if we fail CarMax on buying a used car, Who are we going to tell you to buy a used car from in Florida? And I'd love to fail them, but we have a responsibility to the consumers of Florida. And when we give you a recommended dealer, we say it's with a caveat. They're not going to tell you about the recall. And you're going to have to do it yourself, safercar.gov, and put the VIN number in because the dealers will not tell you. And you will not see it in the disclosure.
2: Here they are. Uh, They're coming in. Uh, Michael gives them an F. Linda gives him an all caps big fat F. Greg gives him an F. Heather gives him an F. Sandy gives him an F. Deb gives him an F minus. Michael gives him a D plus. Another Michael, and James gives him a C. And I'm gonna go for the uh, D minus. It will be mine.
0: Yeah, lowest passing grade, Nancy.
1: Uh, because uh, they were asked if it was legal to sell used cars with recalls like this. And he said it was legal to sell them, but CarMax's policy was to let their customers know about any recalls before a purchase, D-minus.
0: Okay. Well, uh, that's true. And uh, remember, they let them know about the recall, but they also said they could take it to the Ford dealer and get it fixed. And they cannot take it to a Ford dealer because there is no fix available. So it really, really pains me to pass CarMax, but unfortunately, uh, you're going to be exposed to the same thing no matter where you buy a used car in Florida. Uh, So
4: uh,
0: I I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. Uh,
5: Next, Rick. Me, personally, I'm saying a D-minus passing, but, you know, hey, they kind of goofed it. Ernesto says a B. Uh, Wayne and Mr. Hand both come in with Fs. Yeah, by far the vast majority are failing <laughs> it would a few more come in andreas
2: on facebook gives him a c uh doug and ollie gives them give them three f's and andreas also commented, uh if in light of the legislation <clears throat> it would be up to us i would not purchase this car because i'd have i'd have it checked on safercar.gov and andreas is a yeah. is an educated consumer
0: yeah. well the, the position of the consumer advocates are that the educated consumer truly has very little to worry about. Uh, an educated consumer can survive in uh, in South Florida buying a car. Because if you do what we recommend on this show, uh, which is uh, protect yourself with Consumer Reports, or True Car, Costco, uh, with all the other uh, resources available to you on the internet, you're not going to have one put over on you. But the majority of the buying public out there are not as sophisticated and cannot defend themselves. Uh, Therefore, we have to have laws to protect those who cannot protect themselves. Mm -hmm. Think about the English language impaired folks in South Florida, uh, that uh, English is not their native language. A lot of people can't read uh, English, and you have your disclosures in English. You don't have Spanish or Creole or Portuguese.
2: California does that. Yeah.
0: California requires
2: in, all, in, in a lot of language, it's Mandarin, it's ama- Vietnamese. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree with you, Stu. It's amazing out there. My sister lives out there, yeah. and the things that she tells me about the car business out there, it's unbelievable.
0: In terms of disclosure and writing, let's be honest. Uh, you can't read it in many cases because the fine print's too small. Uh, th- if we're talking about advertising disclosure, that's laughable because we heard a caller earlier in the show that was taking still pictures of the uh, yeah. flash on the screen, of the fine print. And nobody reads the fine print in contracts. I'm a sophisticated buyer. I'm a sophisticated consumer. And I do not read the contracts that I sign. When I buy something... I read them for you, sir. Well,
4: <laughs> Or my lawyer
0: does. I have my lawyer, if it's a, a huge amount of money, I have my lawyer do it. But in most cases... Uh, I don't read things. We just don't read things in fine print. Mm-hmm. But right.
5: not
2: everybody has a stew. Uh,
5: That's true. There's actually a sorry, <laughs> uh, a company that where you sign that end user license agreement on software. They actually put a clause in that if someone were to contact them, and request it, they had a, a several thousand dollar prize, just for the people who actually read that license agreement for the mm-hmm. first person, mm-hmm. and it was years before somebody finally. No. Called them up and said, Hey, I want to claim this prize. And I they, they, the they I gave them. I did the same thing.
0: I did the same thing to my management team at the dealership. And the last thing I said in my lesson to all the manager was, If you read this, you win $500. And guess what?
2: I won $500.
0: No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, before we put. People the don't read a lot of it, stuff. Well, yeah. uh, we're getting into the habit at home. Before we put the gloves on and go yeah. at each other, we read, we, Let's go get the manual. Let's check this out. Let's check that out. Yeah. When we're putting things Okay, together. we've only
0: got about a minute. What do we got, one scotch. minute? We got one minute, <laughs> and so we'll have to uh, just... I want to say one more brief thing here. I want to... Say I'm sorry about Channel 5 WPTV, who just a few days ago did an expose on hidden fees and never mentioned car dealers. And I think it's a shame because car dealers are the biggest offenders. And Channel 5 WPTV, you might not like this, but I think you're afraid of losing their advertising. And shame on you, WPTV. And you can call me anytime. I think you're the best channel, the best local news. I watch WPTV. I love you guys, but shame on you.
1: Thank you very much for that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us this morning. We do enjoy your company. Stay tuned next week. We'll be right back here. Have a great weekend.